Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Food bloggers, don't forget to check out the food blogging forum style community that we started over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Finally, there's one place that we can all convene and talk and that isn't scattered all over Facebook. Here are the things that I am loving about it. It is free. It also allows for categorized discussions on all food blogging topics And there's a category for sharing successes, aka self-promotion. So no more holding back about discussing your big wins and things that you're promoting. Also, everything is in one single spot. So no hopping around from group to group. And there's an amazing opportunity to network and really get to know your fellow food bloggers in a single place. So come join the discussions that are going on over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Don't forget forum.eatblogtalk.com. Okay, food bloggers, have you heard of Flowdesk, the new big email marketing rage? This is an amazing new option for managing your email subscriber list. It is super easy to use and it comes with gorgeous, intuitive drag and drop templates. And Flowdesk does not charge based on number of subscribers. So your monthly rate will stay the same from month to month. Everyone pays $38 a month or use my affiliate link to get 50% off and pay only $19 a month. You guys, this is a fraction of the price of other email service providers, and you'll be blown away by the beautiful and intuitive templates waiting for you inside. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. Flowdesk, the stunning new option for email marketing. What's up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for food bloggers seeking value for their businesses and lives. Today, I will be having a chat with Juliana Bernini from julianabernini.com, and we will talk about food science and holistic nutrition. Juliana is a food scientist who graduated from North Carolina State University, started her own vegan and gluten-free bakery shipping statewide, and has a passion for holistic nutrition. She shares her experiences, recipes, and tips on her blog and social media. Juliana knows it is important to live a balanced lifestyle and promote a no-diet lifestyle, but a lifestyle that will make you feel the best about yourself. She is passionate about helping people that need accommodations and allergen-friendly foods and that want to still be healthy but enjoy these guilty pleasures as well. Juliana, I am super excited to talk to you today, but first, give us a fun fact about yourself. Hello. I am so excited to be here today. I think that a fun fact about myself is that I am actually Costa Rican. I was uh, born and raised in Costa Rica, and my family is in the agriculture industry. So I've always been, you know, like even since I was born, learning about food and just so passionate about it because it's always been part of who I am, even if it wasn't necessarily the nutrition and the food science part, like growing in Costa Rica and the rice farms and the coffee farm, I seriously think food has become almost 
just part of me, part of the way I meditate, part of my love language. And it's really funny because it's, it's that way for my entire family. Oh, cool. That's so cool. It's like it's ingrained. It's in your in your DNA or something, right? Exactly. It's like it's a passion that will like my loved ones share with me in Costa Rica, which is really interesting because when people first, you know, come to my blog, feel like they would never know that I am Costa Rican. Like I don't really talk about that that much. My dad's Italian, so I'm half Italian, half Costa Rican, living in New York City, which is kind of fun. Oh, crazy. Yeah, your name is very Italian. So that's quite a combination. I love that. And it makes you very authentic, the fact that you've grown up with food and it's it just kind of ingrained in you and your family. So I think that speaks to your sincerity on this topic. And let's just dive in. I love this topic because it does fit in so well with us as food bloggers because we all have a passion for food on some level. And it also helps us figure out kind of what to serve to our audiences and how to speak to them in you know, using different languages of food. So can you start by talking about the term healthy food and maybe what some misconceptions are around that phrase? Definitely. So because I am so into holistic nutrition, I believe that eating healthy is not just about like what you're eating, but about how you feel. It's a mind, body, soul kind of thing for me. So it's really interesting to see like how different people think different things of what's healthy. So for example, like with my food science career, like what I learned the most is organic food is not necessarily healthier, which is super interesting because there is so much controversy about it. You know, like I think, for example, even with my aunt, she's like, I spend so much more money on organic food because it's healthier. And that's when, you know, it's interesting to start a conversation about it because In reality, if you even Google it, you find a lot of answers about it that say like different researches like that people have done. It shows that health differences between people that eat only organic food and eat only non-organic foods. There's actually not that many health differences. I don't know how familiar you are with this, but it's super, super interesting. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I used to work for a an animal nutrition company. I was kind of in their marketing department. So I learned a lot about nutrition from them and they had top nutritionists in the world working for this company and I asked them questions all the time. I would just pick their brains like, do I really need to buy organic eggs or do I need to buy organic whatever? And 100% all of them were like, no, you do not. But yeah, I mean, I learned the same thing that like really there is not a whole lot of difference and it's mostly like kind of a marketing thing, right? Like people hype it up so much. Like you have to pay $6 for a carton of eggs and it's so worth it. You're going to feel so much better. But is that really true? Yeah, exactly. And like even organic food have pesticides. So it's just about the chemicals, which sometimes it even makes it healthier because it could be cleaner or GMOs are not necessarily that bad because it actually feeds so many people, you know, like without GMOs, there wouldn't be enough corn for the world, things like that. So it's definitely something that I think has changed my perspective in the way I eat because I eat what I need, not what I believe is better. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. That's such an interesting concept. And I've always kind of thought about that, which is why I would ask those nutritionists about these questions, because I don't know, I mean, 
you see it everywhere in the stores. There's like, like we are organic. We are, I don't even know the right term, so I'm not going to speak on it, but you just kind of wonder, is it worth all of that extra money? And then you touched on something you were talking about just defining healthy and how that is different for everybody. And then you said the words mind, body, soul. Will you talk about that more? Because I love that. Definitely. So basically, you know, I have good days. I have bad days like everybody else. So I try to always focus on my food as a meditation source that is going, but not so like as a meditation source, but not necessarily as a dependency. So to give you a little bit of background on this and how this started for me. So I originally wanted to go to culinary arts school. And after like much consideration, I ended up being a food scientist, but I've always had just like that, just like love for food. And I love good food, you know, like, so I always hated the diet and the strict, like you can't eat pasta, you can't eat ground beef. I found it not to work with me. And actually my weight was fluctuating so much when I was doing that because I was not happy. I was not comfortable. So my mind wasn't in the right place. My body wasn't reacting well to the foods. And then my soul was rejecting it. And I honestly was depressed. So I truly believe that what you are eating and how your body is responding to it, how you want it actually affects your daily like mental state. And I really can say that it does from my personal experience. To give you like an example, like when I first moved to New York, I was very, I was struggling, you know, it's a new place. It's like a different place. It's really hard. And I was in a new job and I started getting really bad stomach pain and I couldn't figure out what was it. And I gained about 10 pounds in a matter of like four months. And, you know, like every other girl, I like to keep a consistent weight. I definitely don't like, you know, feeling bad about my body. That's like, One of my main focuses, I don't necessarily try to focus on like the scale or anything like that, but I do like to be consistent and feel good about myself. And that is my main priority. So I was just paying attention to it. And I was like, what am I eating that my body's rejecting? Why do I, why am I not happy? And then I decided to do a cleanse. And by a cleanse, I don't mean like green smoothies or anything like that. (laughs) I I decided to, for a whole month, I wasn't drinking any alcohol. I was only eating like non-refined starches and non-refined sugar. So for example, fruits, you know, and like things like that, rather than like a cake with sugar and chocolate and things like that. And for carbohydrates, I would try to focus my diet on whole like brown rice or whole wheat pasta and sweet potatoes. And I felt so good. And I think it's because my body realized that I was a, listening to my body. B, I'm trying to help my body. You know, I'm listening and I'm doing something about it. Like I'm constantly testing what my body reacts well to it. And doing that, I started a food diary where I would write everything that I reacted well to and reacted bad to, you know? So if I ate for breakfast eggs, which eggs are actually really heavy on my stomach and I would have never thought so. It was the hardest thing to realize because you would never think so. You know, eggs are just such a common thing to eat and it's healthy, you know, and it's just, I don't know. It was just so part of my diet that I was just like eating them so much. And I never eliminated them until one day I was like, Oh my God, I think it might be the eggs. (laughs) I'm eliminating everything else. And so I started kind of like reconstructing my diet like that. And I finally just 
feel like I'm at a place where not only do I feel good about, you know, like putting jeans on and like not feel self-conscious or anything like that, but I also feel not bloated and happy and just comfortable, you know, like it's really interesting to see the reactions your body has when you are happy where you are with your body and listening to your body and your mind and not really following stereotypes or a diet or things like that, because I used to fall for those, you know? Yeah, I think we all get in that, right? Where we hear that a certain diet is, quote, good and healthy for us. So we do it 100%. And then maybe we just don't feel good. But I love what you do. You just kind of test and you really lean in and you listen to what your body is telling you. And I think by testing with those foods, you're actually kind of clearing your mental state or just getting in tune with yourself and really paying attention. So I think that's really smart. Not every diet's going to kill it, you know? Like I did Whole30 a couple of years ago and it was okay. I mean, I made it through the 30 days and I felt okay. I mean, I wasn't like, yes, I feel amazing. It was just like you mentioned a little bit ago, I kind of felt like crap because I couldn't have my occasional indulgences and that weighed on me mentally because I I just occasionally like to have sweets and sugar and I don't overindulge in, in any of them. But yeah, it just kind of bummed me out. I like to have an occasional glass of wine, you know? So I think that you have to weigh all of those things when you're considering what healthy is. Exactly. And like, you know, it's funny that you brought up the like sweet situation about it because I tend to have like some moments where I just have so much anxiety and pressure and, you know, my mind gets really powerful and very overwhelming and chocolate is such an amazing, powerful thing. <laughs> like. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but I buy like just pure cocoa powder and I put it underneath my uh, tongue and it doesn't only just take away that craving, you know, like that need, but it brings me down. So mm, it's interesting. Like, yes, it helps so, so much, which is interesting because I didn't even learn this in my major food science. I learned this from a psychologist and you know, that's when you know, like, food is amazing and food can be such an incredible tool. You just have to be able to balance it very well. What I mean by this is, like, if I'm sad, I don't sit down and eat a whole Snickers bar, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always am conscious about it, but in a in a very healthy way because I try to, you know, like, if I need a bite of Snickers, I will eat it. If I need to eat the whole bar, I will eat it. But if I know I ate a whole bar yesterday, I'm like, you know what? I know like cacao helps me so I'm gonna go that way and my body thanks me because I'm looking for an alternative I'm always responding through different alternatives yeah that's interesting the cocoa powder under the tongue that's crazy I'm gonna try that next time because I definitely do crave chocolate and just kind of sugar in general but I too am really careful I never I shouldn't say never but I rarely indulge mindlessly. I'm very mindful about my indulgences and I've gotten to the point where I have pretty good willpower too. I can make an amazing cake and say, no, thank you if I'm just not feeling it or if I know I shouldn't have it that day. But I think mindful eating is really important. Like, yeah, I think having a bite of Snickers or a couple bites of Snickers is okay 100% if you are conscious about it, right? Exactly. And you know, your mind is so powerful. So like you said, like 
I'm always mindful about it. And like, if I know I can't, I shouldn't have it. I don't need it. And your mind will convince you, you know, it will, it definitely takes practice, but like, if I know, and my mind's telling me, Hey, like, you don't need this. I know you feel like you do, but you don't need it. And I pour a glass of water and just like, let it go through. I mean, it totally just works. And not only this, but then you also feel that reward because you're like, I didn't fall for it. I didn't, you know, fall for my <laughs> for my feet, like in that sense, like responded and felt it. I definitely took some time to feel what I was thought I needed, took a step back, reflected on it, and then moved forward from there. Does that make sense? Like, Oh, it does. I love that so much. And I think our minds are so powerful, not just with food, but with everything. And I think that we don't give our minds enough credit, the credit it should have. Because it all comes down to mindset with everything. So if you just sit with yourself and listen and really tap into it, you can do so much. So I 100% love that. I think that's great. So I want to talk a little bit. Well, first of all, before we move on, can you talk a little bit about just kind of accepting where we're at? Like maybe I'm feeling like I have a good relationship with food and I'm in a good place with that, but I'm not loving my body. Like, can you talk to us about that? How do we love on our body a little bit more? Okay. So I think uh, this is like a really sensitive topic for me specifically because like I said, I fluctuated so much in college, you know, and I definitely was an emotional eater. So that's why it's taken so much practice. And I think the most important thing about your body is that you need to understand that you are the way you are because you want to be that way. So like, if you don't like your body, the way it looks today, you have everything in your power to look the way you want to look. And that's what has saved me so many times because I might not be super happy with the way these jeans fit me, you know, but I'm not going to destroy myself for it. I'm going to embrace them that day and then I'm going to do something to change that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Everything is in your power. And it, like we were saying before, it kind of comes all back to mindset, right? Exactly. So it's not about sitting there pouting, not going out or whatever, because your jeans didn't fit you the way you they you wanted them or you don't look the way you want to look in a bathing suit. It's about the next day. You know, it's about waking up, feeling motivated and empowered because of that. Your body and your soul are precious, but if you are not extremely happy about the way they look, then all you have to do is change it because you can, you know? Yeah. And it goes back to what you said at the very beginning, mind, body, and soul are all connected. And if you just look at it that way, it's, you can change yourself if you want to, but you do have to feel good. I think about the skin that you're in, you know, like you don't have to be perfect, quote perfect, but you do have to feel good. And I think if you go back to that mind, body, soul connection, there's always a chance to do that. Exactly. Like, and we have to also, I mean, understand that we are the way we are for a reason and we have to love that reason, regardless of whether we understand it or not, you know, like there is a reason for that and we will slowly realize it, you know, like even the imperfections are there for a reason. And even though we might hate them, somebody loves them, you know, and I think that's something that has really saved me in hard times. Oh, I love that too. That's a great thought. Yeah. Let's change the tide a little bit. And I want to talk about the term food science because I think this is such an interesting phrase because typically food and science seem like such different things. 
So can you first of all define what food science is and then talk to us about the different ways that we can dive into that as a career? Okay, so I remember, and this actually stuck with me for like my entire career, because my first food science class, my professor said, hey, welcome, you know, first thing I'm going to say is that in this major, what you are going to learn is food to every level. You're going to learn food to the chemistry level, biological level, mentally, you know, because we actually target everything. Food science is not just about this is what you put in this food to make it more red, because that's a very common thought for people that is just the chemistry behind it. But food science is about how to make the perfect cupcake and what you need to add to make make the consistency taste just like a regular cupcake. It is about all those nutrition classes that we took where they would teach us about the chemical reaction with your body on what you eat. It's about all those psychology classes that we took um, about how food can affect you like emotionally, you know? So it's really just food to another level. It's diving into every detail on what is in food and how it reacts to existence almost like I know that's ridiculous, but like it's like not just how it reacts with your body, but how it changes your mind, how it how you can perfect a specific food, how you can feed thousands of people, you know. So I think that's like the best definition I can give because it is a little bit of everything. I like that. I love how you explain that. It just kind of gave me a new perspective on it. But even though food and science don't necessarily kind of in our minds go together, really a a lot of components of food and recipes and baking and cooking is science and it is scientific. It's like an experiment. I always say this when I'm baking. It's a miracle that this cake batter turns into this huge, moist, fluffy cake. I mean, that in itself is like the coolest experiment ever. And then like you mentioned, Juliana, like putting food into our bodies, it's almost like the science, like, wow, what's going to happen? How is it chemically going to interact with our stomach? And you know, like all of that, if you really think about it, it's really cool. Exactly. So it's definitely just, I mean, so detailed and so interesting, you know, because even for example, like in one of the classes, like I learned about lactation and, you know, like how babies react and grow different if they have, you know, breast milk and then just non-breast milk, you know, and how there's pros and cons to everything. So it really changed my perspective on food because I definitely came in thinking organic food is better. You know, like, yeah. I definitely came in thinking, you know, like I'm only going to breastfeed and things like that. But it definitely opens your mind to to this world of different realities, you know, there's a good thing about everything. So I think that's the coolest part about food science, because in the end, I think I was very, you know, just, I don't want to say misinformed at the beginning, but I just didn't ever question things. And it made me just kind of start like thinking, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. You know, that's different. I never thought of that. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I kind of want to take a class and, you know, dive into that a little more. I mentioned working for that animal nutrition company many years ago. And for me, that was such an educational experience because that is something I never would have sought out, that information. But it was right there in front of me. So I was like, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. This is really interesting. 
And I learned so much and I never would have learned that otherwise if it weren't for that job. So it's really interesting learning about food and what it does to you and how effective it is. And you said something earlier that made me write this line down. So power in your mind, so mindset power, and then combine that with the power of food equals just kind of a magic if you tap into both of those things. So I love that. So talk to us a little bit, Juliana, about food science and careers because I'm sure there are different avenues for us to explore there, but I really don't know what they are. So talk to us about that. Okay, this is actually really cool to talk about right now because I'm actually just switching careers. Um, So I can talk a little bit about that. So when I first came out of college, I had done one internship and then I had done my senior project thesis with um, another industry. So I've actually been in four industries at this point. I've been in the seafood industry. I've been in the dairy industry. I've been in the non-dairy, like plant-based industry. And now I'm more in like the cooking, baking and packaging industry. So I think the most important thing about food science is it's almost like a tree where there's so many branches you can pick from. So like, for example, if I wanted to do more of like the business side of food science, I could do managing a restaurant and I could do food safety, food audits, proper sanitation standards. Or I could do research and development for a restaurant and come up with different recipes with different chemical reactions that make the perfect, I mean, I don't know, for example, there's like this super upcoming trend now that it's like smoked food, which basically it's not like actual smoked food, but it's like smoke that tastes like different foods. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, No. So there's like this restaurant in Mexico. I can't remember the name right now, but it's this restaurant that is doing this thing where like they literally bring you shots of smoke. What? It takes you through a whole meal. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So there's things like that. You can also go through like the route I went right after college, which was I went towards quality assurance and food safety for a plant-based milk company. So basically what I was doing is just I ran their microbiology lab where I tested for pathogens and I tested for, you know, quality, shelf life, things like that. I was also doing research and development with new packagings to extend shelf life. How can we reduce this um, microbial growth, um, which is very interesting. And it's also kind of weird to be in that. <laughs> I drink plant-based milk. So it's weird to be testing the microbiology in it because you, you're like, I mean, even like I remember at first, it would be weird for me to actually drink milk because I was like, I know the bacteria in this, like, and I know it's safe, but it's weird. Mm, Yeah. So there's definitely so many different paths. And I think it's basically like a trial and error thing, like where you just have to really just try things out and see what you like and what you don't, you know? So how do you get into that? I mean, it's really interesting that there are so many different kind of aspects of food science, but is it like clear how you get into that? I mean, I would have no idea how to find a job in studying food science. So I actually didn't either. (laughs) Funny that you asked. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went towards like the food safety part. And it's honestly, I'm just gonna say the truth. Like it's not my passion. So that's how I started, you know, taking like holistic nutrition courses and like looking into maybe being a dietitian because I definitely can see that my passion is more towards like the nutritional side of food science. And that's how I started my blog, actually, because I applied to 
jobs. I basically, the way I went about this was I went on Indeed and I was like food science jobs. And I was like quality assurance jobs, food safety jobs, like the most common thing people do out of a food science career. But I never thought of going like a more like a different path just because, you know, like in college, usually you talk to people and you not nobody knows what really you want to do. And you kind of start, you know, doing things with other people. Yeah. So, but it was actually just like, I mean, interesting because that's how I targeted. I basically went on all these job search websites. And honestly, I literally just put the broadest thing. I put food science and I would start applying to things that called my attention. You know, like I was definitely into milk. I did my senior project on that. I worked a whole year on microbiology for milk. So I applied to some milk jobs and then I could see that some of the roles were quality assurance. So I started applying to some quality assurance roles and that's how it kind of started working out for me. That's so cool. So it's just really interesting to me because there's such a different side to food. We as food bloggers get into it on such a different level. So having that kind of deeper dive into food and the fact that it's science really is so intriguing to me. So I just, I think a lot of us don't think about that. So can you talk to us about how we can kind of apply everything that we've talked about today to food blogging if we want to maybe educate our audiences or incorporate some more like, quote, food science into our recipes? How can we relate this a little bit to food blogging? Definitely. So, I mean, I'm going to talk about my personal experience and how I relate it. For example, like for my recipes, I like to include nutritional labels where I specify absolutely everything about my recipe, you know, like the fat content, the uh, everything. So it's really, I think people have responded very well to that. People reach out to me all the time and they're like, we love this because it's not always just clear in some recipes on Instagram and stuff, you know, like I also like to, for example, for my baked goods, I always like to try new things and talk about it. So the latest thing I've been researching and trying to talk about is, um, Carob powder. Do you know what that is? I'm not sure if that's how you say it. Carob carob, carob powder. Oh, yes. Yes, I've heard of it. So I am, instead of using cocoa powder, I'm using carob powder. Okay. So basically like, and I inform my audience why. So I'm like, what is carob powder? Carob powder is this like nut pod from like an evergreen tree. And what is the difference between carob powder and cocoa powder? You know, and the, so Cocoa powder is a little bit more bitter, but it also you add sugar and it has this caffeine, but then carob doesn't need any additional sweeteners. So there's like the first health advantage and it's um, a low fat alternative. So there's another one, you know, and then like it doesn't have caffeine or contain a lot of the stimulants that cocoa powder has. So, you know, that's how I start targeting. So I'm like, I'm going to make brownies with this and then I'm going to make them gluten-free and I'm going to try to inform my audience, my gluten-free audience and how can I make gluten-free brownies that are going to have that texture like regular brownies. So I start literally my kitchen becomes my science lab. <laughs> like mm, that's yeah. when I start combining different things. So for example, I try sunflower butter instead of oil to give it like that thickness or santan gum, you know, like to give it that gooey, that rather than a dry like consistency. And I like to share this process. For example, one time I tried to make this like skinny lemon poppy seed cake and it was a disaster. Like I used milk and obviously no buttermilk and like it fell apart. Like, I mean, I couldn't eat it because it was like powder. 
And I got so many also responses from my audience and they were like, did you try like cooking the almond milk before on a pot or like things like that? And it works, you know, so people know too. That's like what really, really cool is like my audience knows a lot. And I think that's why they also like to see my recipes because they also want to like inspire me and help me, which is so cool. That's so awesome. I love that so much. And I love your whole concept of turning your kitchen into a science lab. I think especially with baking, as you know, we all feel like that. Like, okay, I use buttermilk versus milk versus whatever other liquid, and it can make the hugest difference in the world, right? <laughs> and we we learn that the hard way. It's like one batch of failed cupcakes is devastating. So you're like, I'm never doing that again. But it is like a science lab. It's like a constant experiment with ingredients. And I love that you take your audience along on your journey with you and allow them to kind of weigh in and they give you such great advice, which is so amazing. Like, hey, have you tried doing this? So I think, you know, it's almost like you're in it together. Like, hey, let's do this together. I'm trying this. What advice do you have for me? I'm learning right along with you. And I think people appreciate that when they know that we are not trying to be perfect. We are learning too and they will help us. They'll step in and help, which is great. So I love your perspective on that. That's so refreshing. Yeah. So I actually decided to start my blog and my Instagram where I shared my recipes because I also found it to be inspiring for me. You know, like I said at the beginning of the interview, like cooking is my love language. I like to cook for the people that I love. I like to cook to help people. And I figured if I could help some people through hard times or through anything by teaching them about food to another level and making recipes to help them feel good about their bodies and also learn and know and get inspired. I want to do that. I want to help. Oh, that's inspiring. I think that your authenticity really shines through and I'm sure that your audience absolutely loves you for that. And I want to hear more about your bakery because that was in your bio and we have not talked about that, but tell us a little bit about your bakery why you started it and how that works. So I actually started my bakery about a month ago. So what happened was, um, like I said, I, I'm taking like a little bit of a transition in my job right now because I am trying to focus on this more because during this quarantine, I was struggling. I mean, it was really taking just a toll on me being, you know, on a visa, being international, like just being inside all the time, not being able to be that active, just feeling kind of weird about my body. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to snap out of this. I'm going to be super creative, productive, and I'm going to help people. And my best friend for five years now, she has celiac disease, which means she eats all gluten-free. And she was texting me about how she was really struggling finding gluten-free goods. And I was like, I am a food scientist. <laughs> I can start a home bakery. You know, like, yeah, that's amazing. And I was like, I want to help people that need to eat vegan and need to eat gluten free. And honestly, they don't have all the opportunities we have in the sense like we can order anything on Amazon. Like I could order chocolate chip cookies on Amazon and get them delivered to my house. They can't do that. So that's how the inspiration behind my bakery came up. And that's why I'm doing a vegan gluten free bakery where it's been so much fun to just come up with products like I came up with this bagel recipe that I literally wanted to cry the other day because it was just that good. Like I was like, I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. Like 
it almost tastes like a regular bagel. Oh, isn't that the best when you just kind of accidentally find that just magic combination of ingredients and you're like, yes, this is amazing. I was like dancing in my kitchen, just like, I'm so happy, you know, and and it's also been a project in the sense that like, I send it to my friend and she make her day too. And she tells me, hey, this doesn't taste that good. You need to redo it (laughs) or things like that. And then I'm starting to ship nationwide. And I mean, it's been such a learning experience where I not only applied my food science knowledge and my nutrition knowledge, but I'm also starting to apply some of my business skills and my honestly just all in passion. Like this is what I love. Oh, so you found it. You found that thing that really lights you up. And okay, you're shipping nationwide. So what is the name of your bakery? So my bakery's name is called the Foodie Lab. Like, you know, I love that. Yeah. So because of food science and my lab, and then of course, I'm a foodie. And it's in my blog website. So basically, like when you go on my website, you see like a little tab that says the Foodie Lab Bakery. Oh, that's so great. Well, my husband is sensitive to gluten, so he has not been able to indulge in it for a couple of years. So I might just go look at your website. I feel like we're always eating things that he can't eat here in our house because none of us have the same issues as him. And I mean, he's like so nice. He's like, it's okay. But I always feel so bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know. It's it's definitely hard. Like, in college, like I said, with my friend that's celiac, like I went gluten free in our apartment. So I would only eat gluten if we weren't. Oh, that's so nice of you. It was also fun to see like the way my body reacted to it. You know, I also that's I wanted to know not just because I mean, obviously because of her, but like, I wanted to know reactions and differences and how I felt. And I'm not gonna lie, my body does respond better to no gluten. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to experiment with that, isn't it? And I wanted to point out that the quarantine prompted something good. And everyone's like, this quarantine is horrible. Nothing good is coming. But look what you did. You were like, okay, people are not getting access to the things that the rest of us are, people who have gluten sensitivities and maybe other sensitivities. And you turn that into a good thing. And you're putting a positive spin on that. And I love hearing stories like that right now because you know, people just need to hear that, I think. I think so too. And I think it's just, you know, if this, me talking about how I started doing quarantine inspired somebody to do something they love out of this, I really hope I get the message about it because it would honestly make my month, my year, because that's, you know, like I have been through some tough times and this quarantine was really tough on me before. And now I'm looking at it as a blessing in disguise almost. So... That is so inspiring. I love it. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah. That's really inspiring to me. And I think this quarantine has been really tough for a lot of us. But I just love the good stories and the the positivity. So thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything that you feel like we should touch on regarding this topic before we start saying goodbye, Juliana? Well, honestly, I think we've talked like a lot of what I wanted to talk about. Um, I do think I want to emphasize to everybody out there, you know, that sometimes struggles with like body and to just really listen to what their body is telling them. And I know that's kind of hard to even understand. It kind of seems funny, you know, but I do want to emphasize like it has changed my life. It has changed who I am. And it is important to remember that our bodies talk to us and our mind is very powerful 
And I, I want to leave things on that note. Yes, that's a great note to leave it on. Listen to your bodies and tap into that power, that mind power that we all have because it is there. And I just want to thank you, Juliana, for being here and sharing all of this. This has been really inspiring and really fun. Our time went so fast. I can't believe we're already at 40 minutes, but just such a super fun chat today. So thank you so much for taking the time for this today. And thank you for having me. I honestly have had so much fun too. When you said that we were about done, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I know. It it went so fast. So I like to ask all my guests for either a favorite quote or words of inspiration for food bloggers. Do you have anything along these lines to share with us? Yes. So I have a quote that I have in my phone. I have in my calendar. I have everywhere. And it has changed me again. And it is health is adding a level of intention to every area of your life by Miranda. Anderson. Oh, that's so great. Wow. Sit and think about that for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's so true. You know, like you have to very intentionally put it in everything you do to be healthy, you know, and to be, because health to me is not just eat healthy and be, look good. You know, it's feel good, do good, be good. You know, like it's so many things. It goes back to your mind, body, soul. Exactly. Yeah. I think we should uh, title this episode Mind, Body, Soul. <laughs> okay. That's not- uh, no, this has been really great. And thank you for sharing that. And we are going to put together a show notes page for you, Juliana. And if anyone wants to go look at that, you can find that at eatblogtalk.com forward slash food science. I did that because I just don't want anyone to get confused and tripped up by your name. There's a lot of vowels in there. So food science is where to find that. And Juliana, would you tell my listeners the best place to find you online? Definitely. So my website is julianabernini.com. It's G-I-U-L-I-A-N-A-B-E-R-N-I-N-I. I know it's complicated the Italian way. And then I always update my Instagram. I'm always sharing recipes, sharing nutrition facts, tips, lifestyle things. So my Instagram is Juliana Bernini food blog. If anybody is interested and yeah, I mean, you can reach me through if you ever need inspiration, help anything. I'm more than happy to help just through my blog or through my Instagram. I'm always going to respond. I'm always here. You know, my life mission is to help others. So, Oh, that's so great. And check out Juliana's bakery too on her website. So look for the foodie lab. I'm excited to go look at that. So thank you again so much for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.